Here we go with another edition of Gaz on the Go. All the sports talk you need in 30 minutes or less. And thank you for everybody who made that transition over Apple, Spotify, a new channel for you to download these episodes. YouTube, you already see it. So thank you for working with us. We know that themes are different. Getting there with Gaz, Gaz on the Go. Maybe last week you were complaining. I don't get why it has to be different. Now it's starting to make a little bit more sense, right? Godzilla Media continues to expand. Whether you're looking for fantasy football, pop culture, classic sports talk, and I'll be hinting for a few more partners that are going to be joining us throughout the week here. Now you're starting to kind of understand what this whole thing was about while we're all kind of finding out our lanes in Godzilla Media. So here we are, Godzilla the Go. Before we get into all the sports talk, we got to give love to our partners. First, my guy, Connor Lind over at Northeastern Insurance. I caught up with Connor this past weekend, man. He's continuing to hustle and find ways to work for you. Think about that. You've got a broker for the agency representing over 20 nationally ranked carriers from aggressive to nationwide, MetLife, Travelers, and more. He's going to review your coverage to make sure you and your belongings are properly protected, all while saving you some cash, making that process simple and easy for you. And whether it's your first time having your own insurance or maybe you've been with the same company for years, he'll do the shopping for you. This is the type of guy you want in your corner taking care of the stuff so you don't have to do it. For that initial policy setup and at each renewal, he'll do a full policy review to continue to make sure you're getting the most competitive rate. And also, he's going to check for those available discounts for you, too. 1214 Troy's Connected Road right there in Latham. No need to wait on hold for those 800 numbers and more. Connor Lind, Northeastern Insurance, going to take care of you locally right there in the capital region. Don't forget to check him out by email. Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R-L at nemail.com. Again, leave him a message today. C-O-N-N-O-R-L at nemail.com or call at 518-346-2886. 518-346-2886. Northeastern Insurance, my guy, Connor Lind. And also this spring and summer and fall. How about Easy Up? Some of you might remember this from the Godzilla Media event over at Hooters, the nice, wonderful table we had set up. Yeah, those for our guys over at EasyUp. Visit their website today, easyup.com, or call them at 800-45-SHADE. That's 800-45-SHADE. They made the process for me where I was getting a little stressed and didn't know if I was going to get it on time and what it was going to look like. They said, guys, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure everything's exactly how you want it to be, and it was. So whether you're getting ready for those fall tailgates coming up or maybe you just want to have something out for the shade for golf or you're hanging by the pool, custom designs and more, they want to work with you to find out exactly what you want and for a price that makes sense for your budget. Call them today, 800-45-SHADE, or visit their website, easyup.com. Wonderful customer service to make sure you're taken care of this upcoming spring, summer, and fall. Now, let's get into the sports talk. It's guys on the go. I don't like having the first story be something you should be mad about, pissed off about, not happy about. Look, we just went through 2020. We've already had a lot of different things we weren't happy that happened wherever you live or how it happened for you. So I know on a Friday and a Thursday, whenever you're listening to this, you don't want to hear that, but I got to give it to you. Look, the 2021 NFL schedule is now out. It's an 18-game regular season. So with bye weeks in between and more, Things are going to look a little different for NFL football fans. And someone's going to be hearing this and saying, guys, we got football. The fact that it's back and we got more of it's a good thing. Look, I could break down the matchups and tell you who's going to win this and that. If you want that, listen to our other guys here on Godzilla Media. Go check out our guy, Matt Werner, at Fans Sided, who already broke down the schedule and everything else. I'm not going to do that here. Instead, there's three things that piss me off about the schedule, and you as a fan should feel the same way about it. 
yes, we love football, but number one, your favorite athlete plays a violent sport, and more likely now than ever before, that athlete is going to sit out a game that that athlete could have played. Whether it's a running back, a quarterback, a wide receiver, now the mindset's going to be, look, it's a long season. Let's rest you an extra game. Let's make sure you're ready for December football or late November football. So if one of your favorite players gets hurt early in the season, the rush to get them back on the field, that anticipation, what makes football so great about how every Sunday matters, you start to dilute the product just a little bit, just a little bit that we might see some of those star players sit on the bench and go for those 50-50 games, make it more 75-25 where they sit out those games. So we're more likely now than ever to see some of these superstars at the bench. That's one thing. The second thing comes to the actual setup of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is scheduled this year for Sunday, February 13th, 2022. Now, that date's probably not significant for most people, but some of you were holding out that with an expanded NFL schedule, the Super Bowl was going to fall on the Sunday before President's Day. That's right. Super Bowl Sunday could have actually been a national holiday where you can have that big old Super Bowl party. You can crush enough beers and wings. You don't actually have to ever move from your couch for the next 12 hours, and you don't have to go to work that Monday. That is the perfect setup. Instead, they missed it by a week. So even with an expanded schedule, even with more football, they couldn't make that Super Bowl Sunday, that Sunday before President's Day, like so many people had hoped for. Instead, they teased you with it and made it one week previous. So you don't get the holiday that you want post-Super Bowl. You're going to likely see some of your favorite teams and athletes not look the same week to week. And this one, I'm sure we'll talk more about on the WTF Fantasy Football Focus podcast. If you haven't heard, WTF Fantasy, now here with Gonzalo Media, CBS 6's Chet Davis, Kyle Ray, Fantasy Insider, and myself. Huge fantasy implications. Because if you're in a league that has Week 14 playoffs, and for most leagues, that is the round of eight, or that is the opening round. Now there are four teams with bye weeks in week 14. What the hell? So what does that mean for your fantasy league? Does that mean you're going to play your rival team twice? Are you just going to still have playoffs week 14 and say, screw it, don't take players from the Colts or the Patriots? How are you going to handle this? Because that completely throws off fantasy football and how the playoffs are set up. And some people don't care. They don't play fantasy football. They don't really care that week 14 now has four bye weeks because they think the math of it makes sense. But for others, that is a huge deal. And it's going to be pissing people off so much. So many people are going to be mad that they lost cash or a trophy or bragging rights because of the new setup of the NFL schedule. I wish I could come on here and tell you a team that you like is going to go 11-5 and five or 12-4. and four. Who knows? Maybe as we get closer to kickoff, we'll talk more about over-under victory totals and playoff predictions and everything else. You might hear it from our other guys here on Godzilla Media as we continue to add to the staff, but I felt more anger in more situations where people were going to find out, ah, oh, no, we lost this, we lost that, in comparison to happiness for the release of this year's NFL schedule. Tim Tebow is the Pam Beasley of sports. I hate the idea that someone out there hates me. I even hate thinking that Al-Qaeda hates me. I think if they got to know me, they wouldn't hate me. 
Now, some of you may have just come to this podcast for this topic alone, and some of you have no idea who the hell Pam Beasley is. For those who don't know, Pam Beasley is a character from the very popular NBC comedy, The Office. Pam Beasley, played by actress Jenna Fisher. So what's happened over the last few years is that there is this hate around the character Pam Beasley. And I'm not going to break it down. Look, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you can find that somewhere else. If you're watching on our YouTube channel right now, just pause the video right now and just type in Pam Beasley's the worst and go down a rabbit hole and come back to me in about three hours. But Tim Tebow has become that same person. What's happened with Tim Tebow is that you really don't hate Tim Tebow if you think about it. Maybe you really don't hate the character of Pam Beasley until you start breaking down the actual facts of what's happened in both of their careers. And we'll just sit on the Tebow thing because, well, it's a sports podcast. So Tim Tebow wins the Heisman Trophy. He's one of the, arguably the top 10 or 15 greatest college football players of all time. He goes off, gets drafted by the Broncos, wins a playoff game out in the Mile High City, and then bounces around a few NFL teams, but he refuses to ever change his position. He is a quarterback. He's a quarterback. He's never not going to play that position. He will be a quarterback. The NFL disagrees. Said, no, we don't think so. So sure enough, Tim Tebow no longer becomes a professional football player. He goes and plays minor league baseball, which is the biggest circus act of all time when it comes to minor league baseball players and former athletes. It's ridiculous. Michael Jordan was significantly better than Tim Tebow, yet Jordan sat in double A. I know the strike was involved at times for the Jordan stuff, but Tebow goes all the way to triple A Syracuse Metsville. And I saw Tebow play there in central New York. I think it's the first time in the history of any baseball game. I'm talking from my time at Lakeland Little League all the way to the Salve Bearcats in high school and more ever. Did I see a designated hitter bat ninth? So that alone, you'd be like, wait, what? A D- I was there for a doubleheader in April of 2019, and Tebow was the DH batting ninth, and he was batting 160. Find another lineup on any level of baseball where a DH batting 160 is in the nine hole. What the hell was going on? Now, someone would say, guys, I know the answer to that. They had to sell tickets. They had to sell merch. Okay. Go find, and there are enough people out there, where whether it's Darren Ravel or it's, I think the guy's name is Chad, Chad Meerman, these business guys for the Action Network. Go get me an article at Tom Gons, T-O-M-G, it was easy, and find how much the Binghamton Rumble Ponies made in merch off Tim Tebow. Tell me how much the Syracuse Mets made off Tim Tebow. Because we always talk about, oh, it's publicity to get fans in the stands and everything else. Okay, I've never seen one article that told me how much merch he sold. Because if we're going to talk about merch sales and everything else, go get Selena Gomez to play second base. Go get Kylie Jenner out in left field. Go get one of the Jonas Brothers in one direction, and that will be your lineup for the baseball team if you're caring about merch. We don't need that. So Tebow all of a sudden gets this opportunity because he's lovable, he's likable, people want him to have as a good teammate, he works hard, everything else. But nobody criticizes Tebow and his play the way they did with Michael Jordan. Or the way they did with other athletes who try to go to other sports and it bombs. Because that's what truly happened. The fact that Tebow almost made the majors is an absolute farce to that system of the minor league baseball organization that was the New York Mets. Now, I say was because Tebow is no longer, of course, part of the Mets. But the story comes out this week that Tebow may sign as a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Remember, the tight end position, the position he refused to play for close to a decade. Tebow has not taken a snap in the NFL since 2012. While a guy like Taysom Hill, 
who couldn't even smell the success that Tim Tebow had at Florida, says, I'll go play every position the Saints want me to play. I'll put up some good numbers for New Orleans when Drew Brees isn't out there, and I'll do what it takes to get in the league. But now Tim Tebow is going to be rewarded for not being Taysom Hill. Tim Tebow, after taking nine years off from the NFL, is going to get a shot at tight end. Not the early 20-something-year-old who might be 6'5", 6'6", who's played tight end his entire life. They're going to give it to Tebow, who's never done it once. Why? Because Urban Meyer likes him. If you want to hate on Tim Tebow, this is the time to do it. Just like Pam Beasley, if you dig deep enough, you'll find more and more reasons not to like that person. And it's nothing personal, although the Pam thing might be personal when you dig deeper into that. But Tebow is given these opportunities because he's likable, he's a good teammate, he works hard, and those are great qualities to have. But eventually we have to call out the nonsense when it's happening in front of us. That the privilege of Tebow, for whatever reason it may be, because of popularity, because he doesn't stir it up, gets these chances like no other athlete has ever gotten, arguably in the last 30 years. And for what? For fake numbers that have never been proven in jersey sales? For a tight end position he's never played? Do you think the Jags get better? Oh, and by the way, I left this part out. You don't believe that the Tebow maniacs are going to come out if Trevor Lawrence plays poorly and they're going to want Tebow under center? I would not be shocked if Tebow makes the 53-man roster if Herb puts him under center and lets him run a little you know, spread option. Put Lawrence on a rep count like a pitcher. Tim Tebow has become more hated, even though it's something he tried to avoid because the privilege has put him over the top of other athletes. Is Tim Tebow going to wreck the life of Trevor Lawrence? Find out this season on the NFL. Might be more drama than The Office ever had on that show. Is it strange to believe that I'm not concerned about the New York Yankees in this COVID scare now seven Members of the team, when we're taping this late Wednesday night, had tested positive for COVID-19. We'll see if more get added to that spot. But it's just such a weird dynamic all of a sudden that a year removed from where we sat in May of 2020, if you heard about seven positive COVID tests, we would have talked about shutting the whole thing down and baseball didn't get their season started until July anyways. And people talked about it at that point when there was one positive COVID test to shut the season down. Now there's seven. And it feels like the Yankees, whether it's a week or two weeks or three weeks, will get those members back and they'll continue on with the season. The Yankees sit a game out of first place behind the Boston Red Sox, their rival. They're 8-2 in their last 10. Stanton has been on fire. And the Yankees have pieced it together. It was just only a few podcasts ago, right, where I was concerned about the Yankees and why things weren't working because they were so horrendous at that point. They've right in the ship. Luke Voigt is one of my favorite players for the Yankees because I think he's almost like a bad guy villain in a movie. How hard he swings at the plate. He was cranking the ball at Syracuse for a little bit down on the AAA level. Then he gets back with the New York Yankees and he continues to smash. So I'm not concerned about the Yankees in COVID-19. And I'm talking about just the wins and losses on the field. They'll get back on the right track. There's too much talent on that team. Aaron Boone and company will continue to figure out how this Bronx Bomber team will work. The Blue Jays will continue to be exciting. The Orioles actually haven't played that poorly this season. And the Rays are falling a little bit back. If anything, Yankee Vin, you've got a competitive AL East. And that is actually, in comparison to the last five to ten years, a shot at how bad this division's been. Baltimore stunk. 
Boston stunk at times post-World Series. Now, everybody actually tests each other in this division. But for Yankee fans, no need to stress. No need to worry. They'll bounce back. It is not 2020. The calendar says 2021. Your squad should be fine getting through this bump in the road. Am I the only one who believed in the rat raccoon gate involving the New York Mets? If you missed the story, Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil, there was a cut on SNY. And so I was really wondering, guys, why don't you show the clip here and the audio of it? Well, <laughs> what are we, about 10 minutes, 12 minutes into this podcast? I have to admit, last week, if you're looking for last week's guys on the go, and even I was looking at my numbers, I'm like, huh, uh, audio and visual, what happened to last week's guys on the go? Uh, our clip got banned because we used a three-second cut about The Rock last week. YouTube told us we were banned in the Middle East. It was a matter of time we got banned in other countries. So I got to be a little bit more careful, even if it's about a one-second cut of what I can and can't use on my YouTube sites. So some of you listen on the audio version, you're getting some cuts that YouTube isn't. I bring that up because I can't play the cut of McNeil and Lindor fighting over the rat raccoon. Here's the thing. Uh, those two run into the dugout like there is something they haven't seen before on there. It does not look like a fight situation. Hats are on. If there was a fight, wouldn't you have seen a scratch or a bruise or a punch or some type of mark on somebody's body if they got into actual fisticuffs? Donnie Brook, a brouhaha. I didn't see anybody breaking anybody up. I didn't see any jersey rips. I really believe it. Now, someone's going to tell me they have a timeshare to sell me or they have a beautiful beachfront property in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, that I'm just gullible enough to believe this stuff. But can't some of these guys have fun? Francisco Lindor is laughing with a huge smile in the press conference post, talked about the story. I was like, what a liar. I don't believe him. Too much emotion. Can it be true? Even the teammates got in on it. I want more visual evidence. Did John Boy break it down yet? Did anyone find out where the rat or raccoon is in? Mets fans, you should embrace this stuff because the New York Mets, even though DeGrom has gone to the DL, if my eyes don't deceive me, it is mid-May and you guys are in first place in the NL East. How's that feel? The Phillies and Braves are good, by the way, but it's you guys, the New York Mets atop the division in this stuff, building chemistry, Guys liking to spend time with one another. It's just May, but raccoon rat gate. I want like one of those animals hanging out constantly in the dugout. If guys are going to continue to embrace this and us against the world, no one believes us mentalities. That stuff works, especially in baseball. I believe in rat raccoon gate in that dugout. And I want evidence if it didn't happen. Second time in this podcast, send it to me. T-O-M-G, it was easy on Twitter, Facebook, just search my name, Instagram, get in there with Gaz. Send me why I'm wrong about Rat Raccoon Gate. Is Russell Westbrook the third greatest point guard in the history of the NBA? It's funny because I'm using a New York Knicks photo here. Knicks fans, I think, still would have loved Russell Westbrook rocking the blue and orange at some point in his career. He, this week, passes Oscar Robertson. For the most triple doubles in the history of the NBA for one player, 182, the new record, Russell Westbrook. He's averaged a triple double in a season and more. The guys on part of the interruption, Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbron, brought this up earlier this week. Even as high as second because coaches in the NBA were talking about where Russell Westbrook lands. I think third is a reasonable spot for Russell Westbrook. Top three point guards of all time. 
Magic Johnson, number one, because of championships, impact on the court, what he did for the Los Angeles Lakers. He is the number one point guard of all time. The number two point guard for me is Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a point guard. He is listed as a point guard for the Golden State Warriors. He has the MVPs. He's got the championships. And if you told me, I've got one shot to save the world from the aliens, and the world depends on it, whether it's from the free throw line, half court, three-point shot, full court shot, here's a basketball. I have to pick one person to represent the human race to save the world. Michael Jordan's an all-timer. He may be the GOAT. LeBron might be the GOAT. But it's Steph Curry, who I believe is the greatest shooter in the history of the sport of basketball. So I'll put him at two. And then Russell Westbrook is third. Russell Westbrook is by far and away, and it's not even a debate. I wouldn't waste my breath with who's the greatest rebounding point guard of all time. Westbrook's stats back it up. If you want to argue that there are better guys who are passing ability-wise, excelling ahead of Westbrook, maybe that's when we talk about the Chris Pauls and the Steve Nashes of that era. Yeah, but if we're going to look at Russell Westbrook in comparison to those two, isn't Westbrook a better scorer than both Paul and Nash? And even Jason Kidd can be in this argument too because Jason Kidd and Steve Nash were two guards who averaged less than 15 points a game. So you're telling me a guard who can't score as good as Westbrook, can't rebound as good as Westbrook, oh, well, he should be above Westbrook. Did I miss the championship Jason Kidd won as a player? Chris Paul's never even been to the NBA Finals. But we're going to say those guys are going to be better than Russell Westbrook for what reason? John Stockton's going to be in the mix? Stop it. As good as John Stockton was and helped the Utah Jazz get to back-to-back NBA final appearances in the late 1990s, if I told you one-on-one, or if I told you I had to pick a roster, you're going to take John Stockton over Russell Westbrook? No. So he's better than Kidd. He's better than Paul. He's better than Stockton. If you want to go old school and say Bob Cousy or Walt Frazier, those guys are out of my wheelhouse. But athlete on athlete, I'll take Russell Westbrook. He's the third greatest point guard of all time. He can go to the basket. He's a freak when it comes to scoring and rebounding and passing. The biggest knock on Westbrook is maybe he does too much. And he hasn't been able to lead that team to a championship yet. My math answers correctly. He was on that Oklahoma City Thunder team with Harden and Durant as a young buck, but just couldn't close the deal. So Russell Westbrook, if you give me a basketball and you tell me to go make a play, I would hope I'm as good as Russell Westbrook. That's not the case. But Westbrook is going to end his career, in my mind, as the third greatest point guard in the history of the league when it comes to stats and rebounding and scoring. If you can have a little bit more postseason success, it doesn't look like it's going to be that deep of a run for the Wizards. But he is in that spot for me. You want to make an argument? Oh, I left out Isaiah Thomas. People are kind of yelling and screaming, guys, what about Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas, two championships, the bad boy Pistons and everything else. His was the closest. Like Thomas is – and that's where I struggle here because is Jason Kidd and Chris Paul better passers than Isaiah Thomas? Could Isaiah Thomas's skill set translate to 2021 NBA. The bad boy Pistons, how fast would Rick Mahorn and Bill Lambeer be tossed out of games now in the year 2021? I struggle with the Isaiah Thomas one. But I go with size. I go with who can get to the basket better. I would still go Russell Westbrook. Thomas is really close. So for me, The record he sets is historic. He's a Hall of Fame player no matter what. He's truly one of the great guards in the history of the sport.
and third all time behind Magic and Steph Curry in my rankings of the greatest point guards in the history of that league. This past Friday on SmackDown, we saw Daniel Bryan wrestle his final match for the blue brand on SmackDown. And look, that's a tired, played out storyline in wrestling. The wrestler's done forever. He's fired. It's over. And then two weeks later, they're back. Or they're retired. They're back in the next pay-per-view. Easily could happen like that. And by the way, on the YouTube side, hi, hello. I have a little different background here. It's the WWE logo sitting in front of me. Daniel Bryan, can't we just say it was a bust? Like him coming back from the concussions and years after years, trying to get cleared, trying to get cleared. He's probably just thrilled he got to wrestle again. And he's talked publicly about how his life priorities have changed now being a father. But he never had the run for the world championship when he was the guy doing the yes chance. He was working with some wrestlers that, like a Drew Gulak, who you may not have never heard of before. His matches weren't as exciting because he was protecting his body, and rightfully so. He never got over in the wrestling terms like he did before, and I feel like they never wanted him to. Now, he had championship matches at WrestleMania. He did that whole vegan green belt title thing as a heel against Kofi Kingston. He just, look, a talented guy didn't work as a heel for me. Didn't have a true baby face with that crazy beard. His goat face was his nickname in years past. But his second go around in the WWE needs to be looked at as a disappointment. He could have been the next top dog and pun intended there in competition with Roman Reigns. Why didn't we have Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns in a singles match? With a packed house a year later, so all the fans would be on Daniel Bryan's side as a true let's do it hero against the villain bad guy Reigns. Never happened. Do I think Daniel Bryan might go to NXT? Maybe. Why? So he can wrestle younger guys and put on great matches? Why don't you just have a younger guy wrestle a younger guy and let them have their moment? Don't do that. Is he going to go to AEW for what? The excitement of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk's in the same category. That ran out when those guys got older. It's life. They decided not to cash in when they were the hottest. Daniel Bryan, enjoy Total Bellas. Enjoy your beautiful wife and your kids. Call it a career, man. No more need to do that. Now, the AEW side, they wrapped up this past week. Blood and guts. Double steel cage match. And the story is not so much about what happened in the match, which I think was a little bit of a mess, but an entertaining mess. It's what I love about Sirius XM and former WWE champion, in my mind, the greatest wrestling tag team of all time, the Dudley Boys. Bully Ray, a.k.a. Bubba Ray Dudley, said this about Kenny Omega. I think it is an absolute fucking disgrace that Kenny Omega could not come out at least holding uh, the Impact Championship in one hand and the AAA Championship in another hand while the AEW Championship is appropriately around his waist. To see Naka fucking nobody carrying that championship, to me, does nothing for impact. It does nothing for the championship. It does nothing for the perception of that championship. MT Nakazawa is nobody. Why is he carrying around Kenny's championships? And look at this picture of Kenny Omega responding to the criticism from Bubba. 
He's got all three championships, one on his hip, one on his chest, one near his shoulders, wearing all three belts at the same time. The pettiness and F perception was what he tweeted. And I say that and say the word because he bleeped out the word. The pettiness sometimes gets to be too much in AEW. Boy, it's funny. It reminds me of my story of when we used to play summer baseball. My buddy Ben, shout out to Ben Carl, man. All the good stuff he does. He used to do this thing where he'd stand in the on-deck circle. So somebody would be at the plate, obviously. And we'd always leave like one bat. Couldn't use donuts. They'd always get outlawed. So you'd leave like one, maybe two bats. And you'd try to time up the pitcher, right? Just like an on-deck circle. Ben thought it'd be funny if he'd stand in the on-deck circle and hit as many bats as possible and swing like four or five bats at once. Just so dumb, so stupid, but so funny because just going over the top to impress somebody, over the top to act like you're the man, this is a move out of my guy Ben's playbook. Oh, you're going to criticize me for not wearing the belts? Okay, I'll wear all three at the same time and tell me if this makes any bit of sense. The pettiness is hysterical. Kenny Omega versus Bully Ray. And shout out to those guys. Dave LeGrecht does a great job on Sirius XM with those guys. I want this rivalry to continue. And I want to see how much more petty these two can get with it. And my favorite play for the weekend. Some people are probably going to wonder, guys, let's hear Preakness talk. Why didn't you talk about Bob Baffert? Why didn't you talk about that guy from Eastbound and Down? Why are we at the end of the podcast here? We haven't heard one thing out of you, Mr. Horse Racing. You love your ponies, blah, blah, blah. I didn't mention a lot of that stuff because I didn't want to steal somebody's thunder. That's a nice tease right there, huh? A nice podcast tease. There may be a certain somebody joining Godzilla Media who's going to cover all that stuff and more and give you picks. And I don't want to take his clicks and downloads away. So stay connected here at Tom Goss, T-O-M-G-O-Z-Z, right here on this YouTube page. Hit subscribe because somebody, maybe when you're listening to this who's already published their episode, is going to talk about all those big things in horse racing. So I don't want to steal his thunder. Get your picks from that guy who is going to be the newest addition to Godzilla Media. And hopefully you'll be winning more and more this spring and summer. My pick, Saturday night, Knicks and Hornets. I'm hoping for an over-under of 220 on the game. I think no matter what the over-under is going to be, I'm going to go over. But 220 is the number I'm hoping for right around the average of both teams' points per games this season. Both teams need it. The Hornets are trying to figure out where they're going to stand in that 7-10 spot. The Knicks are right tight there above the Hornets, trying to find it's going to be maybe as high as a four seed. You've got really exciting players on the court, too. I feel like I see the Hornets constantly on SportsCenter, and SportsCenter has become a mess. My God, it's hard to watch. But thank God I get the Hornets from bridges to ball to their coach getting tossed out of the game the other day. The court looking bizarre. And I'm talking about the color of it. It looks like somebody like drew it with like a crayon, like a little kid who just mixed the crayon. Little kid who just like mixed the crayons. I don't know what the hell happened. But they got exciting players. They can score. They don't like playing defense. Not as bad as the Pelicans. But I want Hornets Knicks to go over because there's so many young guys who are entertaining in that game. So give me the over in Knicks Hornets Saturday night. Time TBD when we take this. We don't even know when they're going to play. Give those guys the primetime slot. Come on now. So that's it. This week's edition of Gods on the Go, we gave you everything we wanted. We talked football, we talked wrestling, we talked baseball, basketball, and more. And hopefully you cash in on that Knicks-Hornets ticket. Be aware. Again, fantasy football, more sports talk, horse racing, pop culture, so many mental health. we got so many cool things that are on the way that you may or may not know about. 
Check it out, Godzilla Media. Search that right now if you're listening on Apple or Spotify to check out some of these new podcasts. Please, I ask you to do me this one favor. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. If you like one of those podcasts you listen to, leave them a nice comment. It means a lot to us. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Gods on the Go. Talk to you again next week.